Good evening, folks, and welcome back. Now, on this Saturday, the 7th day of January 2023, I'm your host, Mark Hall. It's certainly been quite a week. There have been at least a few holdouts in the House of Representatives that don't want another Nancy Pelosi light, a.k.a. Kevin McCarthy. We're up to a dozen votes for Speaker now. He hasn't been able to get one yet. And that's the most since 1859, just before the last Civil War. I need to get this show up before we know how that drama plays out. But really, does anybody think it's actually going to make that much difference? All we've seen politics do so far is make a bad situation that they pretty well put in place ever so much worse. But they're working hard to continue that process. And along the way, here's the good news. More and more people are realizing that they're being used, that they're being lied to, and they're getting fed up with it. Having their jobs, their health, their children, and their very lives destroyed tends to do that to people, at least once they figure it out, if they figure it out, before they die. Well, that leads me to some of the news that I want to talk about today in a uh, different-than-usual vein, and it has to do with what we can do in a world run amok, gone insane, and really, truly attempting to kill you, while they continue to, and you've heard this before, literally urinate all over you, and the Constitution as well, and tell you it's raining. And that as a result, you'd better take the poison poke, shut your mouth, and get used to it. And the solution, as I've talked about for a long time, comes literally right out of the Bible. Don't participate. Don't play a game that you already know is rigged that's intended to kill you. And like it or not, that's just the start of it. To paraphrase Revelation 18.4, come out of her, don't participate, and don't suffer the obvious and, yep, now obviously inevitable consequences. What I want to talk about today is very much related to that, but explicitly it has to do with the excuses that uh, probably most of us are very well aware of for not doing, and I'm touching on something I just mentioned, what we already know we should have, but hey, we've heard it, have I waited too long, is it already too late? And yes, how that becomes an excuse for not doing it. But among other things, what I want to try to do is to offer some help, uh, help for ourselves, help for others. And um, one of the elements of that is uh, what I guess I'd better call uh, go-it-alone syndrome, which is generally a loser. In other words, hey, how about if I'm the head of a house or if I'm just a, a single woman or I'm somebody who knows I need to be somewhere else. But, uh, hey, if I try to go it alone, I'll be out there all alone. My family won't come with me. And then I'm even worse off. That's a loser. So all of these things have become massive ways that Big Brother and, uh, of course, his master, the adversary, the bad guy, Old Scratch, the uh, prince of this world has used to keep people from doing what they know darn well they already need to have accomplished and in most cases haven't. Okay, so there you go. What I want to talk about, in other words, are things we can use uh, spiritually and emotionally and uh, even eventually economically and physically to help ourselves and to help others to do what we probably should have accomplished by now, but in most cases, haven't. Now, I mentioned these things kind of in order, spiritually and emotionally, things we can use. And I want to suggest, as we take a look at that, that there is a gap there. Most of us will come to terms spiritually with uh, uh, maybe a look at Scripture. We understand things that are prophetically in progress now, like the mark of the beast, we can see that, but we say, well, it may be a, a little ways down the line, how much time do I have? Um, and there's a gap. There's a big gap between knowing that we need to do it, recognizing it, praying about it, understanding it, and coming to terms with it emotionally. 
And sometimes we even come to terms with it on one emotional level. Oh, I know I need to do it. But, uh, hey, it's one thing to believe it, but another thing to say, it scares me. I can't go do it. I, I, for some reason, I just can't pull the trigger, if you will. So, again, what I'm going to talk about are uh, not just tools that we've talked about before, but some specifics, ways of dealing with these uh, blocks, these um, these gaps that we find in ourselves and others that are really in the news right now, things that I think if we will step back and say, okay, uh, what's going on? How can I use this? How can I use this to help myself, to help my family, help my neighbors understand where we're at? And um, I want to start with this one because I think it's the uh, probably the easiest one. It's one of those that, in a lot of respects, the work is being done for us. Sadly, the work is being done because a whole lot of people have taken the poison poke. They have committed suicide by lethal injection. I've said it for a long time. Many, many of them don't know it yet. But they're dead men or dead women walking, and we are now seeing increasing numbers of massive deaths. And it's getting to the point where it's hard for even the worst of them to continue in this denial. Um, maybe we need to help them move towards the anger phase. That's a, uh, that's a better step in the right direction. And, of course, probably one of the things I'm talking about, people may not believe it when you cite statistics, uh, even in a lot of cases, it seems, when they know somebody personally who died suddenly and unexpectedly, but hey, I, I don't have to believe that it's the COVID po Could be something else. Could have been a meteorite attack that, that took them out. Um, they may know better, but on the other hand, it's a different emotional thing, right? There's this gap between coming to terms with, I saw it, I understand it, and uh, I don't want to believe it, and what's really happening. Well, there was this that came out this week that at least touches on that. Uh, two things. Let me start with the uh, the Monday night football thing. Now, I could care less about Monday night football, but certainly this has been big news. Interestingly, from what I've heard, none of the mainstream media will touch the real problem here with a 10-foot pole. There was a player for the Buffalo Bills who uh, essentially uh, took a took a hit, uh, not particularly a dramatic one. The uh, the replays just show you know what looks like something you see a hundred times in any given football game. Stood up, looked around for a second, and then keeled over backwards. They committed. Uh, well, they they tried to um, to revive him. Did CPR on the field? Of course, went to a commercial break. Oh, can't talk about that. And eventually, he was hauled off into intensive care. And um, eventually, uh, seems like the fellow is alive. Whether he'll ever play again, whether he'll ever be himself again, remains to be seen. And here's the bigger question: Will they ever admit what actually happened? And uh, whether Big Brother wants people to know about it, whether the NFL has been trying to coerce players, you want to play a game, you want to get those millions of megabucks we promised, you better take the poison poke. But turns out that they're also letting people or encouraging people to lie about it. I, uh, I saw a piece that I did on the news earlier by a, um, a reporter, lawyer, civil rights activist named Rogan O'Handley, who said he received a message from a former NFL player and uh, pointed out that so many current and former players, various professional athletes, are scared to death, right? They got lots of money on the line, and uh, many of them are willing to risk their health. I mean, they think about it. They, they play the game that they know they could be uh, maybe hurt, maybe terminally sidelined. They could lose a knee or have a rib broken and be put out or, uh, or worse. They could have brain injuries or whatever. Uh, what they didn't expect was that taking the poison poke was going to cause them to have some kind of myocarditis or a stroke or a heart attack, and then they might not even live. And they're not being allowed to discuss it publicly. So this author, O'Hanley, said he would uh, be the voice of this individual who wrote the following. Now, has this been confirmed? No, but do we uh, have an understanding that it's almost certainly true? You betcha. 
This man or person, but probably a man since it looks like an NFL player, uh, well, at least it would have been. If I die from a sudden heart attack or drop dead, I 100% believe it was from the COVID vaccine I received in 2021. He told O'Handley, I want you to be my voice and fight for me if I somehow pass. This may seem extreme, but recently I've had more than a few people I've known to be healthy individuals just drop dead out of nowhere with no explanation. The vaccine is the thing they all had in common. And uh, I said it when I first saw the story the next day after Monday Night Football. There were a lot of players looking at this situation, and you could see, even though some of them had helmets on, that they're all thinking, ooh, there but for the grace of God, go I. And that, folks, is part of the reason why I'm talking about elements like this on the show today, because things that won't motivate people when they think, well, there's millions of bucks on the line, i got to take the poison poke, what are the chances I'll have anything happen to me? Well, it's a different emotional argument when it's a statistic, as opposed to where it's somebody that I knew, somebody that I played with, who just, right before my very eyes, keeled over and uh, may or may not ever play again. Oops, that could have been me. We all could have drawn the uh, the bullet in the Russian roulette that we've been playing. So there's one element of it. Uh, related story, and this is the one that I really have uh, been leading up to with that uh, that hearkening back to Monday Night Football. Rasmussen poll this week says, and hopefully you've heard about this, although you're probably not going to see it from you know where, nearly half of all Americans are now coming to the obvious conclusion, the undeniable conclusion, except, of course, by those that are terminally in denial. They believe the COVID-19 vaccines may be to blame for the incredible, unbelievable, statistically outrageous number of unexplained deaths, and more than a quarter of them, and this is the real issue, are beginning to say, hey, you know, I believe somebody I know could have been among those that were killed. I can personally say that at least one person that I knew personally that uh, nobody thought was going to die is dead now. And um, do I know with absolute certainty that, um, in this case, a female, uh, but I can think of several others, took the Zyklon B? No, but I know the person well enough to know, uh, yeah, they took it. All right, 28% of adults, said this Rasmussen poll, believe that they personally know someone whose death may or probably even was caused as a side effect of the COVID-19, and I'm going to change the word here, not vaccines. Remember, mRNA injections do not work the way that what was usually, back when we had definitions that meant something, called a vaccine. This is a gene modification therapy. But they know somebody who croaked as a result of having taken it. The documentary Died Suddenly has been called uh, debunked by the liars, and it's called an anti-vaccine conspiracy theory. But still, some 15 million Americans have seen it. 48% of Americans believe that there are legitimate reasons, and that's uh, probably not nearly as many as should believe the obvious, but that's part of what we're talking about here that there are legitimate reasons to be concerned about the non-safety, and I'm changing the words here to fit the actual observed facts. Let's be honest, folks. This is not the kind of thing that objective people can look at and not come to the obvious conclusion. Can you prove it in a court of law? Well, remember, we don't have courts of law anymore. And even if we did, remember how long it took to prove that uh, cigarettes might be related to uh, people dying of lung cancer? How much more so when there are literally tens or hundreds of millions of people that are dying all around us? Let's continue. The survey of 1,000 American adults conducted on the, uh, well, the last couple of days of December 28th through the 30th by Rasmussen Reports basically said 71% of them have received their Zyklon B injection, 26% haven't, and uh, guess what? 
concerns about vaccine safety are much higher. Now, this ought to surprise people. But if we understand human nature, it doesn't surprise us at all. Concerns are much higher among the unvaccinated, those who knew better than those who have already done it and are basically saying, hey, if I die, I die. I can't fix it at this point. Now, what they didn't ask that I really would like to know is how many of them are dumbed down enough to say, I'm going to take my fifth or my sixth or my 27th booster shot. Um, Yeah. What's it going to take for those people to wake up? 77% of adults who have not gotten the Zyklon B injection believe it's at least somewhat likely that the COVID-19 not vaccines have caused a significant number of unexplained unexplained deaths. Gee, do you think? But among those who did succumb and become human guinea pigs, only a third, 38%, a little more than a third, consider unexplained deaths at least somewhat likely. This is called denial, and it's exactly part of human nature. It's part of the reason I'm talking about this today, because this is what we're dealing with, folks, as we try to come to grips with how we... And our families can begin to say, what do I need to do now? I need this sense of urgency. Maybe I feel it, but that doesn't help me get up off my you-know-what and actually go do something. Get out of the cities. Hey, if I'm an NFL football player, is my family, is my life, is my brain, my health, my heart, is that worth even more than these millions of bucks? Well, maybe if I die, my family will get a lot of money. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll be told to shut up. There are all kinds of considerations and all kinds of ways that we as individuals can deal with the people we love. This is the thing that I uh, I constantly want to try to emphasize. What I want to do is give people ammunition, if you will, to deal with emotional issues because the statistics, the science, the real science as opposed to the Fauci fake kind, is undeniable undeniable, in spite of the denial. And uh, where we are at is a place where real science doesn't matter. Most people have been dumbed down. They wouldn't know it if it injected them in the arm and killed them. And that's exactly what's happening as a result. 45% of those people who have not succumbed to the poison poke uh, think that someone they know personally might or probably has died from side effects of the so-called vaccine. Only a quarter of people who have done it themselves, the vaccinated, um, believe so. And this, folks, is denial or even double denial. Uh, There's a lot more statistics here. Uh, Guess what? More leftists, 85% of Democrats than Republicans, uh, 63% have been vaccinated or at least have uh, have become guinea pigs uh, and so forth and so on. Lots and lots of data here. But what I thought was also interesting before I move on is this. Younger Americans, and this is encouraging. And by the way, this is also something that we can use to help our uh, our sons, our daughters, those that we know and care about that are in this age group to understand what's coming. Younger Americans are less likely to have succumbed to the pressure to take the poison poke. They're less likely to be vaccinated. And 35% of adults under the age of 40, now that's 35%, that's a third, more than a quarter, uh, which was the overall of all adults. But a full third plus of adults under the age of 40 believe someone they know personally has probably died from the poison poke. And that's compared to just the 28% of those aged 40 through 64 and just 14% of Americans over the age of 65 who so many have been duped into taking it. And guess what? Denial reigns supreme there. This is also interesting. Uh, those with incomes over 200 grand are most likely to believe that anybody who worries their pretty little heads about uh, vaccine safety or uh, death by Zyklon B, 
are probably spreading conspiracy theories. I saw that line and I was remembering the the, uh, the song from the Beatles, right? Money can't buy me love, but money can make people complacent. And that's part of the problem. Um, those with those kinds of incomes, it's kind of like the situation we see with professional athletes that are making big bucks. Oh, yeah, I'll take the poison poke and uh, we'll just uh, roll the dice and see what happens. After all, I got lucky to get this multi-million dollar gig, right? Why would I turn that over just so that I can live to the age of 40? So again, as we as we look at this and uh, think about the things we can use spiritually, economically, emotionally, and the gaps that are in that uh, that list there to help ourselves and others, I want to talk about some of the tools. Now, I, I've got a whole stack of articles. I'm not going to go through these because I think, honestly, you could find them. That is, if you avoid gulag searches, Google, for those of you that don't know the real pronunciation. Um, here's one from Dr. Peter McCulloch. I'll just read the headlines. More than 270 sudden cardiac deaths among U.S. athletes. After vaccination, this is a peer-reviewed study that he and another fellow did. And essentially what they're showing is uh, prior to this year, in large part because professional athletes are subject to medical screening, and there's no doubt that um, they uh, they literally, uh, they get all kinds of um, medical screening and part of their contracts so that they don't suffer from uh, hypertrophic cardi- uh, cardiomyopathy and other things that kill them. And they're far less likely to die, up until they took the poison poke, that is, than the general not-so-healthy public. But that has now reversed to the point where those that are taking the poison poke are many, many times. Uh, looks like from their numbers, at least a 1,000%, but there are all kinds of uh, factors like, hey, how many of these athletes really truly took it? How many lied about it? How many bribed somebody to give them saline? We don't have those figures, and we're not likely to get them. But still, these data show that there are huge increases in cardiac deaths. As a matter of fact, you could call it sudden athlete death syndrome if they get duped into taking or coerced into taking the poison poke. Here's a study out of, um, well, one out of Switzerland, one out of Germany. Uh, the Swiss study showed that literally everybody who gets jabbed with the nRNA modifications to their immune system and their DNA suffers some degree of heart damage. Now, about 1 in 27 of them ends up suffering from myocarditis, and uh, many of those die real soon or uh, very soon. But whether they know it or not, they suffer from heart damage. And this is what's kind of fascinating. Again, this is the kind of information that ought to scare the living hell out of people uh, and at least uh, get them to think, maybe I don't want to take any more of these. It's called subclinical myocarditis, and it can develop without awareness depending upon how severe it is. Over time, it can grow and eventually manifest clinically. But it's unclear just how many of those cases will ever be admitted. And you can imagine what they're going to try to do. Because they're already doing it, to be uh, linked back to the poison poke. It's a slow path towards heart failure. There's a German study that showed that the vaccines not only perpetuated the pandemic. Why? Because it turns out that in highly vaccinated nations, there were all kinds of modifications. People like Dr. Geert van den Bosch were talking about this literally years ago and warning it was exactly what would happen. The uh, the vaccines essentially make people more susceptible to getting COVID again and again, and it even even changes the type of immune response that they get, if they get any immune response at all. This is quite a technical article, but uh, the important thing, says the study, is that not only do these shots fail to produce the first line of defense antibodies, which are called IgA antibodies in the mucosal, something people have known from day one, but even the blood-based antibodies, the kinds like IgG, 
G1 and IG capital G3 are no longer neutralizing, uh, and they, as more and more pokes are taken, become a different kind of antibody that doesn't work as well. In other words, it's, it's simply destroying the immune system. The blood-based antibodies increasingly are of the wrong type. The problem gets worse over time and worse with more doses of the shot. It correlates perfectly to numerous studies showing negative efficacy increasing over time. And that explains how come the vaccinated take longer to clear the virus. And there's a lot more here, but basically we're telling the same story. Taking the poison poke kills people. The more you take, the more deadly it is, and the more Big Brother lies about it. And isn't that amazing? As we, who have loved ones that, um, yeah, in many cases, we know it, they have taken the poison poke, they're seeing it. These are things we need to think about, understand, be able to talk about. And um, when we get back in this next segment, I want to talk about some of the elements of this. And uh, one of those, I'll just kind of tip you off, but we're going to go to a couple of other places first. One of them has to do with the mark of the beast. Now think about this. Most people that are um, Bible scholars, uh, they've even read scripture a little bit, can look at what's happening. They can see the poison poke. They can see the e-passports, the vaccine passports, the central bank digital currencies, all of the you can't buy or sell without Big Brother's permission stuff is being put in place. They can see what's happening in Europe and America. And they can't help but think, wow, this is precisely what scripture is saying. But here's the connection. This is the thing that I want to think about and explore a bit more and get people who have loved ones to think about. If I can't talk my loved ones into not taking a so-called booster shot for something that's designed, and now we know more and more that it is, to kill them, it's designed to kill them. And we can't talk them out of that, and they're going to deny that to the grave. Well, how much more so? What kinds of effects are we going to see that they'll go ahead and take the mark of the beast? The answer, if we can't learn to say no to something that is downright damnably deadly, why do you think you're going to be able to say no to the mark of the beast? And we know the answer. People aren't going to. So again, when we get back, what I want to talk about is that, but also some other tools, some techniques, things that we can use to not only help ourselves emotionally to close that gap with what we already know intellectually and spiritually, but to actually move in the direction of doing what we need to do, which seems to take us to the first break, or maybe not. (laughs) Okay. Well, that was awful fast. We didn't get a commercial break. I kind of thought we should have there, but we did hear the music, even though um, I wasn't expecting it. But let's just continue as if we're still on the air, and we know that your host is going to have to do some editing before this one is ready for a replay. When we went to break, I was talking about some of the tools, some of the things we can use to help ourselves and others to deal with what we know we already should have done but haven't. And and I made the point that when it comes to something like the, the Zyklon B injection, and you notice I'm using terminology that I think basically just helps people, at least as far as I can see, to get over it and to recognize, hey, calling this thing a vaccine does nobody any good. It's not a vaccine. It's a damnable lie. And worse, it's just plain deadly. So let's call it Zyklon B. Call it the poison poke. But don't kid people about what they're doing to themselves and their loved ones. And uh, even by staying silent about the Death in a needle that is intended for them. So there are some other things, too, that uh, tool-wise we can talk about. Uh, One of them is kind of interesting, and uh, this is uh, also topical. This week we have seen the, um, the sham in the swamp. 
where the uh, the rhino de tutte rhinos, Kevin McCarthy, who believes so strongly that he gets to be the next Nancy Pelosi, uh, and he's uh, literally following in her footsteps in more ways than one, even moved into the Speaker's office, don't need no stinking vote to get me there, and now he has lost not one, not two, not six, not eight, but ten straight votes to um, deny him the ability to be the next Speaker for the Traders. And what's interesting to me isn't that fact or all of the politics of the machinations that are going on, but it's the following. I actually saw a question. Somebody was saying, hey, well, gee, you know, you, you talk about the uniparty, two wings, but same bird of prey. How is this even possible in a uniparty United States? And the answer is easy. Yeah, I'll tip it off right here before the break. We'll pick it up after we get back. But it has to do with the veto and other powers that we have if we'll just walk in obedience to the real rules, provided we know what those are. Stay with us. Welcome back now to the second segment for this evening. I'm your host, Mark Call. And the question that took me to the break was, rephrasing it just a bit, if there's just a monoparty deep state running things, why hasn't their puppet already been installed as speaker? And the answer is easy. The minority sometimes, when there is, in fact, at least a trace of the rule of law left, the minority can sometimes block the unworthy. What we're seeing, in other words, is what the value of not democracy is. It's part of the reason the founders wisely said, this is not a democracy. The word does not appear in the Constitution. It's nowhere in there. Everything in the Constitution, in fact, is one way or another about blocking the rule of the mob, mobocracy, the devil's own government, two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. So the idea here is the veto. You've got uh, less than... um, Four to five representatives, turns out now there's like 20, that don't want this scumbag, this rhino, to be Speaker of the House. And for the time being, at least, they're managing quite effectively to say no. Now, the problem is, um, if you think about it and ask, well, how, how is it that this, this is actually a vote that's playing out? Uh, why is there no Speaker fraud? Answer, well, we know, for example, that there is no Dominion voting machine being used here, but more importantly... People can see and count those, and they're even named, and they're willing to stand up and say, I didn't vote for McCarthy, I didn't vote for McCarthy, I won't vote for that scumbag ever. And so because we know how many the total are, they don't even have to count all the votes before they can see that after five of them or more have voted no on this guy, hey, it's a done deal. He ain't going to win it on this ballot. So this is part of the importance of things like the veto, and it's literally key to why it is I emphasize come out of her my people, because ultimately we have veto power. People talk about the power of the individual, how much your vote matters. Your vote doesn't matter squat, folks. What matters is that the creator of the universe gave you a choice. You can say no. 
choose life, that you and your descendants might live. The Bible is full of all of the reasons and the proofs and the value of the fact that we are created in his image, among the top elements of which is we have a choice. We can choose this day whom we will serve. We can choose to follow him. We can choose to say no to evil. We can we can tell the prince of this world, go to hell, literally, because I ain't following you. I serve yod heh vav the creator of the universe, and him alone. Don't need your permission, Mr. Adversary. There is a veto, folks, that cannot be taken away from us. Now, Scripture warns us, yeah, there are people that can kill the body, but they can't take away from you what's most important, which is not only your immortal soul, but your choice about what to do with it. That's part of the reason why I've spent so much time talking about the mark of the beast and the poison and the self-inflicted death by lethal injection. Because if people will do that, what makes us think that they won't get duped into taking the mark of the beast and destroying what's even more valuable, literally, ultimately, everything that they have or ever might be by taking that mark. So we have a veto And we can use the tools we have to recognize not just the value of the veto itself and the choice that can't be taken away from us, but the uh, elements of the mark of the beast and all of these things that are playing out in front of us. Now, with that in mind, I want to lay out one more tool here, and I think this is a really interesting one. Certainly, it's at the heart of my own, I'll call it a conversion, if you will, from a uh, agnostic uh, quite a few years ago who didn't believe. I believe that there was a creator. I couldn't ever see how, how there could be human beings and intellect and certain things without a creator. But uh, that's, a, that's a, a ways from being able to say, oh, do I understand that the same creator who gave us life gave us liberty, that he wrote a book, told us what the rules were, and that if we walk in obedience to it, there's blessing. See, that's a harder thing to convince people of. It took me a while to convince myself of that. And part of the elements of that were the things that I've talked about ever since. Things like the choice. Things like the mark of the beast. Things like his rules for marriage and for food. and So many other things that literally kind of lead to uh, the disconnect element that I'm talking about here. And um, I like to refer to it, of course, as the, the central theme, the rhetorical device that Yahushua uses in the uh, Sermon on the Mount. Uh, right after the so-called Beatitudes, he says, hey, look, you know what? You've heard all these things said. You've heard it said this or that. You've heard it said, um, but I'm going to tell you, he says over and over again, what I really wrote. In other words, here is what Scripture really says. He didn't change his word. He just taught things that were hard for people to deny. He was pointing out the disconnect between what they had heard said and what it really says. And that, in fact, was the thing that awakened me more than anything else. I realized, wait a minute, so many things I've been told about food and what's not food, about his name, about the Sabbath, and about the Moedim, the feasts, the times, the appointed times of Yah. Not the Jewish feast, but no, he calls them his feast over and over again. Things that I learned in Sun God Day School that were lies. Even Jeremiah had that right, too. He said in 1619, we have inherited lies from our fathers. People are going to come from all over. They're going to say, hey, hey, things that there's no truth, no profit in. This is the disconnect. It's part of the reason why I emphasize what we're hearing about um, people dying uh, right there on national TV on the football field, or at least keeling over dead and not dying but coming awfully close to it, uh, while many, many, many others have died. And they're lying to us about all of this. They lied to us about the elections. They lied to us about the Zyklon B. Polk. They've lied to us about the statistics. You name it, folks. They lie about the money supply. They lie about what's dishonest weights and measures. On every front, almost everything that Americans believe, economically, physically, spiritually, it's all 
just great big stinking whopping lies. And again, part of the tool, the technique that I think is really key, it, uh, it helped me as much as anything, was this disconnect between what he really said and what we were told he should have said if he's as smart as the people who changed his word think they are. And there are any number of examples on that front. Uh, let me start with an easy one. This is kind of funny. As an engineer, uh, this would have resonated to me long before I realized just how big the lies were that we've inherited from our fathers. Uh, this is a piece that I saw from uh, Zero Hedge, um, realclearscience.com. And as an engineer, uh, it's been obvious for a long time, Eric Peters at EP Autos has written about it too. All you have to do is just a little bit of engineering understanding, just run through some simple numbers to ask yourself the question, if everybody had an EV tomorrow, an electric vehicle, what would happen? Answer, the power grid would go down, and it wouldn't come back, and people wouldn't be able to go anywhere because there isn't enough power in the grid. California only has a a fraction, maybe 30% of its vehicles in politically correct land that have come uh, become electric, and they can't handle it. So literally, what would happen if the uh, the wet dream of the nutcases came to pass and all the vehicles suddenly became electric? Oh, yeah, that makes them nice and controllable. And that's literally what they want anyway. This would be their, their true success measure. People wouldn't be able to go anywhere. And those that were allowed to go would have to go with Big Brother's permission. Hey, they wouldn't be able to buy or sell. Can we see the connection? But ultimately, a little simple math. Any basic engineering 101 would say this whole EV thing is total Bull, you know what. So the piece from Real Clear Science says, hey, let's take a look. Remember that big snowpocalypse that was forecast? Uh, how did EVs fare? The answer is they didn't work. The uh, range hit was one of the many problems. Uh, matter of fact, I saw a funny story out of New York. They had a bunch of electric vehicles that were plowing snow. How wonderful. They're half million bucks apiece. They're supposed to run for 12 hours. They could only run for four, and that's if the driver didn't run the heater in his, uh, his snow plow. And uh, they failed radically. The Arctic blast in the lower 48 showcased how ineffective EVs were at being useful in uh, wintertime. They didn't have the range, which they already didn't have in the summertime. But if you run the heater, pretty much everybody that has an EV learns real quickly. You're not going to go anywhere close to as far as you thought. But, hey, that's good because if you get too far away from home and you get stuck in a snowbank, you'll probably die. We don't even know how many people died in their EVs because, oops, unlike a gas engine, I can't run the engine while I'm stuck in the snowbank. Now, there are those that uh, know you have to be worried about other things, like what happens if you run out of gas, what happens if you, uh, uh, you know, the exhaust gets funneled back into the car. But ultimately, folks, there's a whole lot of ways to die, and all EVs have done is shown how many more they have put on the plate. EVs aren't ready for fidgeted road trips. EV fast chargers don't work in extreme weather. They don't charge at all. Uh, EVs driven with uh, in cold winter regions need to be charged at home uh, if they get charged at all. That is, if your power is up. Guess what? They're a farce. And um, this is simply one more proof of what literally anybody with any understanding of simple math already knew. Um, here's here's another quick one. Brazil, down to the wire. Uh, the, uh, the communist was inaugurated on the 1st of January. There will be civil war, said some stories last week. If the Brazilian army doesn't prevent uh, the inevitable from happening here. And uh, so Brazil has now gone commie. And literally, guess what? Brazil is gone. I did a search today. What's happened down there? Well, they've just plain gone 
off-grid, quiet. Isn't that funny? The communists took over and they did exactly what happened in America. No opposition will be tolerated, much less talked about. And uh, I guess that's the uh, that's the simple bottom line there too. Um, here is a uh, here's a nice summary of several other related things. I'll do this one quickly from uh, a fellow I enjoy reading, James Howard Kunstler. He calls it Q and A at year end. The exhausting toils of the holidays are now behind us. The mischief that could be done by the lame ducks, i.e. the uh, the 1.7 trillion dollar uh, anti-constitutional omnibus spending belt, well, it's been done. The time has come for the citizens of this land to wake up and figure out what their big brother government's been doing to them. Not that they're gonna. Um, and he says, uh, here are a bunch of questions. Will there be justice? So I'm not going to go through most of these. We'll see how it comes out. But uh, the gavel of the judiciary goes from the scumbag, barely alive Gerald Nadler, uh, far-left socialist, to the very animated Jim Jordan, representative from Ohio, who needs to ask FBI Director Chris Wray uh, just how long and how, uh, how deep did the FBI bury the Hunter Biden laptop from hell uh, they uh, they lied about it during the impeachment of January 2020. They didn't offer up the defense to the exculpatory evidence that was abundantly contained in that thing that they kept hidden and lied about and used Twitter to cover up before the election. Uh, all the business memos between the Biden regime, uh, family, uh, big and little brothers, and officials in foreign lands, especially Ukraine. And remember, that impeachment hinged supposedly, on a telephone inquiry that Mr. Trump made about those very things, which turned out all to be justified and true. So uh, Mr. Ray of the FBI, his conduct looks like obstruction of justice in the highest degree. That's putting it mildly. Hey, there is the new House Oversight and Reform Committee chair, Representative James Comer of Kentucky, who's announced he's going to hold hearings on other Hunter Biden laptop from hell issues, like um, his career as an artist. <laughs> Did you remember this? Okay, um, these people, we want to know who, he says, bought all this expensive artwork from this guy. Uh, and his only real claim to fame is uh, his daddy was VP. And, oh, yeah, he has a crack pipe and a bunch of whores but, um, and a laptop. But he was an artist for three days or so. And there were a bunch of people who bought his so-called artwork for half a million bucks. Might be called a bribe, in other words. And uh, we want to know why the Russian oligarchs who paid Hunter Biden money... And uh, other Biden's money, too, somehow mysteriously got left off the sanctions list. All the other oligarchs got sanctioned. Then we've got the FBI infiltration of socialist media, their demands to censor news, and um, Merrick Garland, a scumbag, the uh, pre-trial January 6th rioters that have been locked up in the D.C. uh, gulag for coming up on two years now with rinky-dink charges and no trial. What happened to due process of law? Well, obviously, some uh, some animals are more equal than others. And um, what about Mr. Garland prosecuting parents who dared to protest what was being done to their kids in the public cesspools? As you can guess, folks, there's a whole litany of these things. But the bottom line is, let me say it, we have a veto. Why would we allow our children to be in the public cesspools? Why do we believe that the same people who have been doing the criminality at the FBI, the DIA, the CIA, the NHS, pick three letters, they're probably raping the Constitution. Why would we believe they are going to change unless they're simply taken out, disbanded? And uh, guess what? You can rest assured of one thing. That with the machinations going on in the uh, the criminal house of representatives, there's a few good ones. They have a veto, and that's good. But ultimately, if um, something comes out of this that puts the same scumbags um, like uh, Kevin in power, 
you know nothing's going to change. Okay, uh, says um, James Howard Kunstler, it's, it's probably impertinent to me, but I'm going to go ahead and ask anyway. Is it possible the January 6th riot was engineered by Big Brother to punish its political opponents? Taking advantage of this First Amendment, which was once called a right, uh, for the peaceable, for the people peaceably to assemble and petition the government for a redress of grievances. Well, not unless you want to get in the gulag and have the key thrown away. Uh, governments um, basically are, uh, well, they're not answerable anymore. And how government control and interference over socialist media and corporate news was used to reinforce the narrative and the um, the gulags and all these things. One of the many big lies of our time nurtured by Big Brother against its own citizens. Oh, yeah, let's not forget about the so-called Homeland Security, Achtung Secretary and Alejandro Mayorkas, who basically has left the border wide open. Terrorists, come on in. And um, he's transporting illegal aliens all over the United States, even giving them advanced authorization to come in and two years of parole, sneaking them through um, USA regular ports of entry. All of this kind of stuff, folks, the more we know about it, the more we know just how incredibly evil it is, and they're getting away with it. I've seen a number of people asking this question. I'm not going to... I think we've already answered it, but how is it that the USA is falling apart so rapidly right before our very eyes? Answer, traitors have taken over. Answer, uh, all of those who are antithetical to the concept that was once called a self-evident truth, that there is a creator, that our rights come from him, have not only installed themselves in positions of power, they have not only lied about putting their hand on a Bible and doing away with those rights that they're so working hard to destroy, they're literally taking everything that was called good, calling it evil, and uh, shutting the doors to honest Americans, opening the doors to terrorists and invaders, and shutting anything down that would look like, what, an ability to petition the government for redress of grievance, to talk about it, even to say no to the mark of the beast that they've been working so hard to engineer and to bring about. So all of these things are literally key to our understanding. I want to throw out one more quick story. This one I think is kind of interesting. Um, no, can't prove what I'm getting ready to, to note. But it comes from uh, Steve Quayle and his private briefing. And a uh, an author, uh, a uh, somebody who wrote in, asks, Hey, why has the whole fleet of B-2 bombers been grounded? Now, isn't it interesting? While America, or at least those that are pushing America into World War III, are jonesing for a nuclear strike. Come on, hit me. I double-dog dare you. Poke the bear, poke the bear. Isn't it funny that various military aircraft, F-35, B-2 bombers, things that you'd think might be important, that is, if they actually had intention of fighting this nuclear war as opposed to just rolling over, how come they're being taken out of commission? What does the whole fleet have in common, says this author? Well, it might just be the fuel. Remember, these are the same people that have destroyed the ability of diesel to be manufactured and delivered. They have broken the supply chain. Kubota tractors, they won't run without diesel fuel. Neither will barges, neither will locomotives, neither will trucks that deliver all the goods that come from, well, overseas, somewhere, mostly communist China, who doesn't want to uh, supply us anymore with good stuff either. Arguably, they've they've been shipping crap here for several years so that when they go to war, a lot of people that have prepared and bought Chinese stuff may find, oops, doesn't work very much longer. Uh, Aside, quickly, I have advised, if you have things you're going to need over the next couple of years and you know aren't going to be available, like truck tires, like tires for your car, or batteries for your car, or spare parts, or food, or any number of things that you might want, you better get it. And if it comes from China, bear in mind, it might not work. 
might actually be uh, sabotaged one way or the other. Well, this is, takes us back to the fuel. The same people who have made green energy such a big deal that they're willing to uh, starve and, and force uh, France and Germany into submission, cut off fuel for Americans, price it out of their reach, and um, put the diesel trucks in particular with DEF and so forth to the point where they can't be used on the road. Uh, shut down farm tractors. Okay, uh, it's the green energy. It includes jet fuel. Maybe that's the common denominator here. Jet fuel, you know, is just um, essentially whether it's uh, JP6 or um, uh, various de- designations for uh, for Jet A that uh, you know run commercial airlines and military fighters. It's really mostly just kerosene with various additives or diesel fuel. Anyway, the the uh, author of this note says, I have a friend who's a Kubota tractor dealership rep. He said in the last four months they've had five to six tractors all in for repair because their fuel systems have been gummed up by what? Diesel fuel that doesn't seem to be what it used to be. He said they just stopped running. One of them cost 17000 bucks to repair, including all new injectors and a fuel pump. He said the diesel that they're getting smells like varnish, even though it comes from a number of different fuel dealers. How about the B2s? The in-flight emergency that made headlines was an engine failure, low hydraulic pressure, gear failed to lock down, uh, one failed upon landing. Pilots were lucky to get down alive. So if it's the fuel, just maybe there are bigger problems here. All of these things, folks, uh, by the way, we've seen it with gasoline, I note before. They have been putting ethanol in there for years, which is not a good fuel. It has all kinds of things that make it unsuitable, but it does have this beautiful benefit for Big Brother. That is, it kills older uh, cars because it literally destroys them, dissolves things that are made out of rubber and uh, gaskets and uh, fuel pump diaphragms and so forth. So that helps them to get off the road. It's uh, less efficient and ultimately doesn't last very long either. You can't store it. Isn't it amazing how well planned all of this is? So here we are. What are the kind of things we can look at? Take to heart out of this. I've mentioned, uh, first and foremost, the very act of coming out of her is, in fact, a veto. We can say no. We have, and nothing, and that includes the prince of this world and uh, the worst that Big Brother has, nothing can take away our ability to choose. We have what I refer to and what the law refers to as a choice of law. The law of the creator of the universe, or, uh, well, whatever it is that Big Brother says the law means today. The law of the land is in the king's mouth, right? And the king can change it. He's fickle. He sure as hell doesn't believe the creator of the universe. We have a choice of law. We have a veto power over agreeing to let some other master run our lives. Can't serve two of them, right? The mark of the beast is the other thing that I outlined here and I think is vital to understand. As we look and see how far down this road we've already gone, we can, uh, it doesn't take much effort to have some understanding, and more and more Americans are waking up to it. This is the good news. People that won't believe statistics, that won't wade through a medical journal, that won't try to understand what mRNA is and how it damages your immune system and literally rewrites your DNA, some would argue even makes people into something less than human. Well, they won't pay any attention to all of that, but they do notice Monday Night Football if somebody for no apparent reason just stands up and then keels over and gets taken off the field and put into intensive care. And then they realize, hey, that's one of not just hundreds, but thousands of athletes in every sport you can imagine, basketball, soccer, football, you name it, worldwide, that have been mandated to take the poison poke and then died, or um, in some cases, almost wished they could have died because they have been uh, their health has been destroyed. Uh, 
How many have uh, are never going to have children? That's another element. So the mark of the beast is a big deal. And I'll say it again. If we can't say no to something that anyway, anybody, anybody that's paying attention can see is causing death and destruction, including people's immune systems, their fertility, their health, their heart, their lungs, you name it. Why do they think they would be able to say no to a mark of of the beast without which you won't be allowed to buy or sell? All of these things are coming together. It's a great opportunity, in other words, to recognize what's coming and to say, hey, how much longer am I going to be fooling myself into thinking I better not do something about it and do it now? And finally, and um, I guess at least as important, is uh, this thing that I have referred to as the disconnect. And literally, this is such a big deal that you can't help but notice it. That is, once you see it, as I like to say, you can't unsee it. Whether we're talking about the election fraud and the statistical anomalies, not just statistical anomalies, stuff stuff that doesn't happen. Uh, all it takes is a little understanding of Statistics 101 to realize just how badly the election has been rigged. It was rigged in 2016. They just didn't get away with it because uh, Trump's um, margin of victory over Hitler, it was bigger than they thought possible. So they couldn't fudge that one. But then they pulled out the stops in 2020, got away with it, and said, hey, if you don't believe it, we're just going to shut you up. The FBI may take you out. And they did it again in 2022. That's just part of it. On an economic front, how much debt, how much dishonest weight and measures can the world system put up with? The biggest debt bubble in human history. How much higher can interest rates go? Um, what happens to the fuel, the fuel system, the food supply chain, you name it, when people can't have things that they need to survive, like heat in the winter and food for the table? All of these things are coming to a head. And literally, the disconnect is... When are we going to wake up and realize that, uh, no, they've been lying about Scripture. They lied about what he said and what he didn't say. And you know what? They've been lying about everything else, too. So on every front, folks, I encourage you, uh, deal with the emotional gap that we have between things we know intellectually and things that we realize, ooh, now I have to come to terms with them. And using that information, in other words, what is it that helped me to deal with the disconnect, the denial? What can I use to help those I love, my family, my friends, my neighbors, to prepare? And right now, too, because we're running out of time. <laughs> 